Welcome to the Collecting Confidence Podcast, where we'll explore confidence, what it is, why we need it, how we get it, and how we lose it. I'm John Barry. Hello and welcome to Collecting Confidence. My name is John Barrett and today we'll be talking with Tiffany Hauser, who's a transformational leadership coach, facilitator, speaker, and an all-around wonderful person. We had a fantastic time. There's a lot of similarities in our backgrounds and one of the things that we both agreed with is that self-confidence and self-worth are very internal things. Those are things that only really you can bestow upon yourself. No one else can say, John, you're confident. Because if I don't feel confident, guess what? I'm not confident. And I've thought about this many times in my life. When I was in theater, when I was in gymnastics, I thought, oh, can I do this or not? It's really up to me. And one of the times when I felt most like an imposter or imposter syndrome was when I had the good fortune to work on the set of Drop Dead Fred as a stuntman. And I had no previous movie experience. So I didn't know if it was going to be a good movie or a bad movie. I didn't know what the whole movie process was. I'd never done that. I'd fallen off of stuff. I'd got hit by cars. I'd done all the things that you would do, taken stunt driving classes. The problem was I'd never worked on a movie. And they came to me and said, hey, can you do this? And I thought, well, sure I can. But I wasn't always sure that I could. I said I could. That's one of the things they teach you in theater. Always say you can and then quickly learn how to do whatever that skill was. But there were a couple of times when they didn't necessarily have confidence in me because they'd never worked with me. So they were looking for me to have that confidence. John, can you jump off of this second story roof? Yes, I can. They didn't know if I could. I knew that I could, but I didn't know if I could do it when the cameras were on, when there was people watching. It was just one of those things where I had never done it before in a movie. And I was a little bit worried that I wasn't going to be able to do what they had asked. Again, that's me deciding that I don't have that confidence, me deciding that I'm an imposter because I've never done it before. But there's a lot of things that we've never done before we do for the first time. It doesn't mean that we can't. It doesn't mean we're an imposter. Sometimes if you're a leader, you've never led before or you've never made a big, huge decision like this. We're going to do a merger. I've never done that before as a leader. Guess what? Everybody that does a merger at one point had never done a merger. Now here's your chance. Get out there and do it. So we have that ability to decide we are confident enough. We are good enough. And we don't have to be great at stuff. That doesn't mean I'm an imposter because I'm not doing it. Rather than say, I'm not a great leader, just decide, hey, I'm a leader in training. This is me trying to learn to be a great leader. And that's why I'm here. So we've talked about some of this stuff, had a great time. Tiffany Hauser. Stick around and let's gain some confidence with Tiffany. Joining me now is Tiffany Hauser. Tiffany is a coach and strategist for executives and leadership, and she is also the founder of Evolve, a women and minority owned business, and she's the creator of Self-Worth Advantage. Thank you for joining us, Tiffany. Thank you, John, for having me today. And hello, everyone listening. We have a ton of stuff to go over, a lot of things to go over, and I'm really excited to talk with you about this. But the very first thing that we always ask is, what does confidence mean to you? Well, (laughs) uh, what confidence means to me is believing in yourself and your abilities in the moment 
So I believe confidence is situational and it's how you choose to act based on how you feel in the moment. Great. Well, I'm trying to get a collection of all of these different definitions because it's so many different things to so many different people. And as you're coaching people, are you, are you seeing the leadership having different approaches, different thoughts of confidence or different issues with confidence? Oh, yeah, 100%. One of the things that's really interesting to me is as an executive coach, I coach senior leaders. So people who are at the top or like right there. And I also coach founders of hyper growth companies. So they're just scaling and scaling their company. And before I became a certified coach and really dove into this, I used to think they all had it figured out. <laughs> you know, like if you're at the top, you had it figured out. And one of the reasons we created the self-worth advantages here is pretty much all of the new clients I started coaching this year, all senior leaders or C-levels in Fortune 500 companies, or like I said, those founders of companies that are just growing like fire, all came to me and either said it outright, I feel like an imposter, which blew my mind to bits, or stated otherwise, they said, I'm not sure my team or the organization is going to trust me or my vision. And the reason I, I say this to you is because if you would have told me that people would start saying, I feel like an imposter, I, I, I never heard. I know a lot of us feel that way. I know that. Yet for people to just own it, say it and want to work on it and over, I don't want to say overcome because I don't believe in that, you know, to resolve it, reconcile it. it. It was just blew my mind in a beautiful way. And then for the ones that just said, you know, I'm not sure if my team is going to trust me. And, and that list is a little bit longer. If we had all day, all week, I could give you that laundry list of how many different ways leaders describe what they're feeling, which is essentially just not feeling in their worth or confident in all moments. It's not just leadership that has that imposter syndrome. How, how do we get over that imposter syndrome, those, even those of us that aren't leaders, how do we get past that self-talk that says, oh, I just don't have what it takes. They're going to find out about me. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting. Before I even heard of the concept or the term imposter syndrome, I never, like that never occurred to me. Of course, I didn't feel confident in moments and, you know, I didn't show up fully yet when I really, and, and, and John, just so you know, I'm a word nerd. I I like geek out over words. So anytime I'm coaching someone or we're designing or delivering workshops or retreats or offsites, I, I word nerd the team. I always word nerd them because I was I also want to make sure we're talking about the same thing. So when you just said every time you ask somebody what does confidence mean to them and you get like a confidence soup, I love that. And I always want to make sure, are we talking about the same thing? It's interesting because the one thing you're, you're absolutely right. We all feel this. It's not just a leadership thing. It, it just, for me and my work, it's fascinating. Cause again, I never thought, and I always assumed at the top, we got it all together, but of course you and I were just talking about sports earlier. Think about the thousands or millions of kids who don't even try out for the team, the thousands of millions of kids who don't even go and audition for the play or put their name in the hat to run for student government or whatever that is. So yeah, it, it affects all of us, all ages, all aspects of our life. It is not just sitting 
with people who are, you know, making some pretty large size decisions. I had somebody once on the podcast talk about failing and that failing is not a bad thing, depending on what you're doing, but failing is a chance to grow, learn. And if you, rather than sit back and worry about it, that you fail early, then you have time to make a correction, make changes and to still capitalize on whatever the opportunity was. That's an interesting thing, but a lot of us don't because we have that self-talk that says we're not going to make it, we're not good. But we also have those support groups and you deal a lot with individuals, but you also deal a lot with teams. Talk to me about the importance of having a supportive team. Yeah. I mean, that can make the difference in everything. And I love how you you say team because sometimes people get caught up in like groups or things like that. But I also consider a team your family and your friends. But it's important because just like you said, the self-talk can kind of sweep us away and make us feel things that if we really, really got into it, aren't even true. Yet, depending on how you were raised, how you were conditioned, what environments you tend to gravitate toward or that you were subjected to, because... <laughs> One of the things, uh, I don't go there that often, but one of the things that we do look at is the source. Like, where is this coming from? So the self-talk, one of the things we we share that people can use as a tool or a strategy is to say it to somebody else. So rather than it just being something you're saying to yourself and saying it to someone else can start with, write it down. And maybe in 2023, Maybe we speak it into our voice notes, depending on how digital we are, but just writing it down and reading it back can cause a shift in that feeling or that statement and knowing that, okay, that's how I felt, but do I feel that way now? Is that really true? And then when we actually share it with other people, when we say, hey, I don't feel I can do this. I don't think I'm the right person. I don't think I'm smart enough, experienced enough, seasoned enough. When we start sharing things like that, it is so incredible. The team rally and the team support that comes through there because either the vulnerability wave starts to happen where we all start sharing. Oh, I didn't think I could do it either. I felt that way once before, or the support wave just comes in and they, they cheer you on letting you know, of course you can. And if you feel that way, is there anything that I can do or anything we can create to support you? Whether that's a training, mentoring, coaching, going to a course or, you know, taking a course or something like that or a book. But I, I love how you bring that in because one of the things about confidence and you know, the area we work in uh, mainly is self-worth is there tends to be a lot of shame around that if you're not being that way or feeling that way in every moment and especially moments where the spotlight is on you or it might be on you or it's about to be on you that we tend to want to internalize that. And then that self-talk gets super loud rather than us just letting it out okay, I am feeling very nervous right now. I'm feeling very wonky. I forgot everything or I just, I can't do this right now. Because when we say these things out loud, we actually hear it and we hear how untrue it is. And it's almost like, like I said earlier, the rally call to let people come in and support us. And not that we necessarily need other people's support or the rally, yet it feels good. And it's it's a part 
of the bonus of being on a team that I am not alone. I don't have to do this alone. I don't have to accomplish on my own. When I do, when I accomplish, it is a team effort, a team experience. I think it's interesting that when we see people and we think, oh, those guys know what they're doing. You know, Simone Biles knows what she's doing on Florex or whatever. But at some point, probably when she was two, she had to first learn that cartwheel and it might not have looked so great. I always, when I was training leaders, I said, whatever people are doing, you know, that, that person that's carving the Thanksgiving turkey at one point had never carved a Thanksgiving turkey. And it's the same for whatever decision you're making as a leader, whatever decision you're making as a person, it might be your first time making it, but everybody else who's done it and your self-worth is like, I, I'm not good at this. I can't do this. Everybody else was in the same place at one point. So comparing comparing yourself to others can sometimes be a trap. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It's one it's one of the biggest ways we compromise our self-worth. And I love that you use Simone Biles as an example because I think we could all agree that she is at her elite stage in her athleticism. And so when you said when she was learning how to do a cartwheel for the first time, it might not have gone so great and it might not have looked, you know, now I'm paraphrasing, might not have looked that way. And even when I'm coaching and even in the self-worth advantage, we remind everyone that even if you've done this before, you're the expert, you're on top of your game, you're the thought leader here, the environment might have changed. The audience might be different. The economy might be different. The Look at the world around us right now. Just things are different. So we may know, we may be confident in our material and our wisdom and our knowledge and our skills. Yet every time we step in, we're stepping into something new. I might've done so well on Monday, but Tuesday, it's Tuesday. I don't, I'm, it's not the same. It's a different day. And that is an opportunity for leaders and anyone to understand how to be graceful with yourself. And to also, I'm a big fan of Carol Dweck's work, uh, The Growth Mindset, which you had uh, alluded to earlier about failure being opportunities to grow and learn. And also, we remind leaders, and I'm going to say leaders because that's who we tend to work with. But in my in my vision, we're all leaders because if we don't need to be leading a team or an organization. We're leading our lives. We're leading our family. We're leading our community in whatever way we are. There is no small part any of us are playing in this world right now. And so giving yourself the grace and reminding yourself, because this kind of stuff adds to your resilience, reminding yourself, okay, I got this. And this is a new moment, new opportunity. The I, I think you had been meant you were mentioning the mic or uh tech wasn't working for you earlier. How many times has that thrown somebody like they're like a awesome speaker in your Toastmasters world? But man, the mic might not work or the power goes out or the slides won't do what they're supposed to do. And of course, that might shift someone's confidence. That doesn't mean they are not a confident person, but it is that moment. And that's why when you ask me the definition, I believe it's it's momentarily. And that's why, you know, it it shocked me when I heard that these senior leaders feel this way, feel like the imposter, feel, you know, they don't trust themselves, they're doubting everything. And it's not all the time. It's in certain moments. I'm a firm believer that you're a product of your environment and the people that you're around and how they talk and treat each other and deal with each other. And one of the funny things in Minnesota is we like to downplay food. If we make food, we will serve it to you, but then say it's a little drier than I liked, or I had to use this substitute, or there's always a disclaimer 
for food. It could look <laughs> awesome. It could taste oh, great. My goodness. But I, I was hoping to um, use the free range chicken and I just I went with the um, the frozen. That's just how we're brought up in in for a lot of us. And we see that. And so we always have a disclaimer. And so if I do something at work, I will often downplay it and put that disclaimer in. Well, I yeah. wish I could have done this or podcast. I will always say, well, I wish I could have had, I have a whole list of people I wish I would have had on and I didn't. And, you know, that kind of thing. Talk a little bit about the power of celebrating and bragging about your victories. Oh, such, such a way to stay and feel confident celebrating anything, even celebrating the failure. Oh boy, did we blow it, but look at all the stuff we learned. And just really acknowledging and appreciating you no matter what. Because here's the thing about self-worth, and, and I believe confidence is birthed from self-worth. I think when you are standing in your self-worth, you have, and you can recognize more moments of confidence and feel that way. And so with the idea of celebrating, appreciating, and acknowledging yourself, like you said, with the conditioning in Minnesota, we don't really talk too much about our food. A lot of us were brought up about that way. Don't, don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get too cocky or arrogant. Like that's not classy or, you know, that's tacky to talk about yourself. Everyone's going to think you're too self-centered. And unfortunately, that is, in my opinion, the wrong message we give to children because then we have an experience of grades, A, B, C, D, E, F. We have an experience of stars, how many gold stars, how many blue stars, and how many of them we get. And then we have an experience of first place, second place. So it's like we're conflicting the story there. Don't brag, but here's first place. Don't brag, but here's eighth place. It's it's so confusing. And so the power in celebrating and bragging, your, and, and here's the thing I want to be very, very clear on. I'm not referring to gra grab your megaphone and go running through the neighborhood or across the field and like, we won, we're the best, I'm amazing. Like, I yes, do that. Yet that's not the practical approach to celebrating and acknowledging yourself. Simply saying thank you to yourself or just great job to yourself. And you don't even have to say it out loud. You can self-talk that to yourself as well. Writing it down, great work, or I love this. Do you know how many times, like if you see some of the things that I write, even to my team and it's my work, I'm like, I love this. Like I am, this is really exciting. I'm very passionate about this. Like this lands, this resonates so well. So I use like different words. And when you said the, your experience of food, in my world, we have the experience of clothing. So if someone compliments your outfit, you're like, if someone said, oh, I love your shirt. Oh, your shirt is nice too. Your shirt is beautiful too. Or what we do is, oh, this whole thing. Oh, I got it on sale at TJ Maxx. Like we can't just receive. And so this is a whole thing in the self-worth advantage, uh, which is talking about acceptance and really self-acceptance and how when we are able to accept all parts of us, that we are able to generate and experience our worth and and actually become grounded in it. And so the bragging, I, I'm on a mission to uh, transform the behind the word bragging because it has such a to it that it is something we shouldn't do or that it's tacky or distasteful to brag. Yet, if you are not cheering yourself on, if you are not proud of yourself, what message are you putting out in the world? 
And I will add a little disclaimer to that. It's not really about the message you're putting out into the world. Yet, if you want certain things, you want to achieve, accomplish, have certain things, you get to tell yourself you are worthy of it. You deserve them. You get to have them. You get to experience them. You get to achieve. And so the bragging part is an awesome, it is a free exercise you can start doing now just with yourself. And then if you really want to take that further, you want to stretch yourself. That's how we talk to our clients, like to take it. I know what you're, what you're thinking and, and I see you, you're getting it. And the stretches is to go take it out into the world, take it out into your team, take it out to your spouse, take it out to your, you know, the next barbecue you go to brag about that dish. Like I am very proud. I tried a new seasoning and it worked. I can't wait for you to try it because that kind of stuff also is contagious. And it is something that other people want. Just think of our little ones. They want to tell you, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, look, look, look. That's them acknowledging and celebrating themselves. And yes, that's them bragging. And it's not a bad thing at all. I think a lot of times we don't look back at the things that we've accomplished. We're always looking at the things that we haven't done or we haven't accomplished. And so if you're a pole vaulter, it's like, oh, I need those next eight inches or I need the next half <laughs> inch or whatever it is, rather than, you know, but I'm clearing, you know, whatever. I've I've gotten all this far. And I think the same way with, for example, cooking. I, you know, I started with Pop-Tarts and popcorn, and those were my main things that I could make. And then I learned that I got better. And yeah, I burned some things along the way, or I ruined some things along the way, but you do. And I think that that's an important thing to be able to look back at how far we've come, what we've accomplished. If you're starting a business, rather than looking at what have we not done is like, oh, you know, we did this LLC, we did business cards, we did all these wonderful things. And there's a huge pile of stuff behind us that we've done. We should be very confident. Now, Going forward, we're not as confident about that, but look at all the stuff that we did accomplish in the back. And I think that that's one of the reasons why it's really important to get coaching or mentors or just even sage advice. Because while I might not know a great way to do something, I can tell you 10 ways not to do it. And that'll save you some some pain too. I uh, love it. <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about that, the power of a mentor or someone that, you know, just can get you past that lack of confidence of, I don't know if this is the right thing to do. And they say, yeah, that's a great approach. Talk about that. Yeah. It it's, it's interesting. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to put a little twist on that, John. What if you could be your own mentor as well as seeking outside mentorship or advice? Because one of the things, you know, I, I'm like, the self-worth person. <laughs> and I mean, we, we deep dive, we took a deep dive into the psychology of this and, and really I poured myself into this as well. So I've got my stories and experiences. And one of the things that compromises our self uh, worth is not trusting ourselves. And let me ask you this, John, how many times have you had that gut intuition where you're like, Ooh, I have a feeling I think something I'm very, I feel very passionate or strongly about this. How often does that happen to you? All the time. All the time. All the time. And that's, wife, that's what's that? As I was say, my wife lets me know if it's a good or a bad idea, but yeah. <laughs> but that is your power. That is your super. Someone just asked me, what's your superpower? And I didn't say that, but now I'm going to start saying that intuitive hit, you know, those hits that you get. You know, because one of the areas I coach on is decision making. This is huge because I support leaders who are navigating through change. 
Hence why all this self-worth stuff comes up (laughs) because change is just a whole like forest of, oh gosh, what I just lost the word. Change is like a whole forest of like new unknown and you either can't see through it or you see too many. You're like, I don't, this, it's all the same or there's, I can't see anything. And so we start not trusting ourselves. And so I want to make sure before we go outside of ourselves to find a mentor or find the advice that we're also trusting our own feedback, our own insight, our own hits, our own intuitional, I think I just might've made that word up, our own knowings and practice. That's that's really the key here. Cause I know it's risky some, you know, depending what we're making a decision on or getting clear on, it's risky to not get a second opinion or whatever, especially like if it's around our health or something like that. However, I will tell you a lot, I, you know, I'm 48, so I'm at the stage in my life where health things are not a cough and a cold anymore, you know, especially with myself and my my parents and aunts and uncles. Even in some of those cases, mine and their intuitive hits, the things that they knew turned out to be correct. But of course, the fear, the imposter comes in. I don't know enough. The doctor knows more than me. Yet you also know your body more. Like you are the one experiencing it. You, it is yours. You are in it. You, you are the keeper of it. That's one of the things I I, I want to share. And of course, I'm a coach. I believe in mentorship. I believe in, in partnership. I believe in you know, having someone to support you, having someone to challenge you. And that is very sage. And the best sage, I believe, is you. I know that myself included, there are a lot of people that don't really embrace change. They don't look for change. They don't look for the wonderfulness of change. How can we embrace change to help ourselves collect confidence? Such a great question. My answer is find out what has you resist the change. First change general, general, what has you just resist? What has all your buttons pushed or all your red flags go up? Find out what that is. And if you can get specific, not because I don't know, or I'm, I'm scared, like, great. What do you think you don't know? What is it you're get really specific about that? Because when you know what causes your resistance, and I want everyone to know who's listening including you, John, there's nothing wrong or bad if you resist change or you're just like, nope, not for, there's nothing wrong or bad about that. Yet, if you do want to experience new things or be adventurous, creative, I don't know, and and the resistance is getting in your way, then my first invitation is to find out what is causing the resistance. Because this is the thing that most people that we coach, (laughs) we give them, we talk, we always straight talk them. However, we would let them know we aren't going to fix anything. First of all, you're not broken, so you don't need to be fixed. Remember, we specialize in self-worth. There's nothing wrong. You're fabulous. You're wonderful. And second, if we keep, and this is, and I always relate this back to business strategy. If we just go solve and fix without knowing what's causing the problem, we're just going to keep having to re-implement that same solution, re-implement that same strategy, re-implement, re-implement, re-implement because we haven't transformed or completely resolved what's going on. And we may have for like a short period of time, but it'll come back and it may look a little different. And that's where leaders aren't being mindful and thoughtful and fully strategic. In fact, I think the the stat is like 87% of senior leaders, maybe it is, it's CEOs, senior executives, don't even execute their full strategy. That that number is insane to me. Like 13% and 
and I, it's insane to me because I know how much time and energy and money companies spend on strategy and strategists, managing consultants, and you're only executing and implementing 13% or less. That's bananas to me. And again, you know, it reminds me of the five ways we compromise our self-worth and it's the overworking and the perfectionism. And so if it's not perfect or it's not right, or they feel if they do it, they're going to look bad. It may not be the right choice then they just won't do it. They'll shift over to something else or they'll procrastinate on it. And then now they're coming in hot so they can't execute fully or with uh, best practices. And so I went off on a little tangent there. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to come back because I could talk about those five <laughs> those five ways we compromise our self-worth. But really the, the piece that I want to, the hit is really, the the piece that we don't really get to is understanding where these things come from. And usually leaders are type A, we just want to fix solve. I just want to get through. I want to power through it. I want to get to the next thing. And the real goal, the real gift is finding out what has us resist change. Once you know that, now you operate from that space rather than a general, how do I embrace change? Now you operate, now you're being strategic the puzzle plate, you have the right puzzle pieces to put together. And now you build out whatever it is that will have you embrace change. I find that, I find that uh, embracing change fascinating. I used to teach a class on that. Yeah. And it's, it, it became a lot easier once we realized you start with why. But uh, finding, out, finding out what it is, why I don't want this, and then also finding out what's in it for me. What can I, what will I get out of it that's good? Because yeah. sometimes you just have to change when there's a new federal law, new banking regulations, new whatever, and you and you have to change, and it's not in your best interest. But there are there are things you can look for and find those things and celebrate oh, those yeah. teeny wins. I have to well, ask: Are you are you a goalkeeper or a goal maker? Do you make no, wins? nope, no? oh, lit. I don't think in the sense or the context that you're referring to. I'm more mm-hmm. of a free spirit. <laughs> I mm-hmm. kind of like throw things up at the wind and. And again, like I operate from passion. So when I'm super excited, I, I keep going in the, I, I'm like magnet, like the magnetism of things is where I go. And, and I wanted to add one more piece to the, the change and what you just shared, because <laughs> I get a giggle because it's about me, man, did, do I, I was about to say, did I, but I keep catching myself. Do I resist change with technology? Like no one's business. Anytime someone's like, oh, you have to sign up for a new account and there's a new this and here's, oop, there's a new platform. My ego, which this is within our framework, the part of me that is like, oh, and just wants to protect me and keep me safe inside my comfort zone. When my ego sees technology or a new platform or a new login, I'm like, no. And I love what you just said. Yes, we get to understand, but we also get to see the value. What is the value? My ego is so strong in some cases of technology where, and I'm also in a state of, I don't want to learn anything new technology wise. That's why I have a team. That's the purpose. So I don't have to get my brilliance caught up in like learning a new platform or whatever is going on out there in the interwebs. And so when you just shared that piece about understanding the value that I, I 100% believe in, and I call that an anchor 
when you're able to anchor yourself. So even when your ego is trying to pull you and let the wind blow you in so many different directions, you're anchored into the value, which I think you also called your why. And I, when I've been teaching this class, I think a lot of times I always think of the pain of onboarding. And we always hate that drinking from the information fire hose, trying to get all that new stuff in, feeling like we don't know what we're doing. And then they bring in 20 years later now, I know everything. People come to me for answers and they bring in a new phone system. Now I don't even know how to get my own messages off of the machine. And I'm back to that onboarding. I'm the new person. I have no idea what I'm doing. And nobody likes that feeling. And change puts you right back there in that feeling again. So that's uh, that's one of the things I think of. I might be wrong, but uh, I think that a lot of people don't like that feeling of, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. The lost feeling rather than like my kids seem to embrace. Let's just push this button, bang this, put these two things together. Let's just try it. If we break it, dad will buy a new one. So. Yeah. You got to love kids in that spirit. <laughs> they, they're such great reminders of like, what are we getting so caught up in? Like, just let's do it. Like, let's Nike this. Right. And it, I just want to touch on another point you just brought up. When one of the things I learned about myself when I learned what had me resisting change is if anybody out in your world is interested or follows the Enneagram, I I got into this world like two years ago and I find it fascinating. We also use it in uh, leadership assessments so that you understand where you're coming from. You can understand how to communicate and relate with your team. And I'm an eight on that uh, assessment. And so what I learned about myself, which if if you're like me, I love a good assessment and I, I'm all about all the things and I, be, I believe it all because I believe it because it creates value and I find usefulness from it. Is the answer in the assessment, is the assessment true, accurate? I don't know. However, after I take it and I read what's what, I am empowered, I am focused, I am in action and I am generating amazing results. And so what I found out about the eight is our thing is power and control. And I know saying that in this day and age doesn't sound too pretty or lovely, yet let me clarify that. What has me resist change is when I feel powerless. And what that feels like to me is I don't feel like I know, I don't feel competent, I feel confused, I feel lost, and I feel stupid. I'm not smart. Like I I don't feel like I could learn this. When I feel a lack of power and not power over people, just power, control, like, and and for all my control freaks out there, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) That does not support me. So I resist. And the way I resist is I play the confusion card. Well, I don't understand. Let's move on. Let's do something else. I don't think it's going to work because I'm not following along here. And so when I'm letting my ego run the show and I'm compromising my self-worth, instead of saying, hey... I get the value of this. To be honest, I am feeling very lost right now and very defeated because that's really what's going on. I know we can make it through. I'm sure there's a way through. Can you break it down even more? Can you simplify this even more? Or can you write it out step by step? For me, that's how I absorb and learn. And so that's another great piece to know about yourself and your people is how do you learn? How do you absorb information? Because sometimes we think people are not performing on our team or we think we're not performing. And it's maybe the way the data or information or the work is being presented to us is not compatible with our style. So I hope that is supportive to uh, the listeners. Yeah, we had one of our early guests that we had on was Marie Valois, and she was talking about Enneagrams. And 
that was kind of a new thing for me, although I've done, like I used to train disc assessment and would talk about Myers-Briggs. And I find those interesting. Some of them are based mm, not necessarily on science, but on uh, good, healthy, helpful feelings. And the idea though, that rather than put you in a box is just to realize everyone's different. And that to me is the biggest thing is that people like their information differently. People like to learn differently. People, what works for me doesn't work for you. And that's what I'm finding with confidence is what works for one person doesn't work for another. And people will look at someone and say, well, they're really confident and it might be, they might not be, but it is interesting to do those assessments. I wish maybe we should come up with a confidence assessment. Hmm. I think most of my confidence, most of my confidence, and you you know this as as a gymnast, uh, most of the things that I did wasn't because I was confident, it's because I just didn't think first. So mm. it was like, oh, let's just jump off of this. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> and people think, oh, you're really confident. Nope, just really stupid. But I do think that there's a lot of times where we give people confidence. We think they're confident, and and deep down they might not be at all confident. And I think with leaders in particular, my finding was that the new leaders thought that all of the seasoned veteran leaders were, you know, they had all the answers. They knew yeah. everything. And, and that yeah. was, that was just not true. But I do think that it is, the, the more you can find out about yourself, the better. And so being, being your own coach, being your own mentor is good. But I also think you should look outside, get that second set of eyes from a distance. And and uh, my very first guest, uh, Jim Zugsworth, talked about having a board of directors of multiple mentors that you could bounce ideas off of. So Absolutely. Just, yeah. Just going with one, but yeah. But, but also making sure you're on the board, you are one of your own mentors. So that that's the, uh, that's the idea. In fact, that's, that's a huge strategy with the kind of work we do because my goal is I'm not going to be your coach your whole life. You get to coach yourself. You get to regulate yourself. You get to drive yourself through this stuff because more, more things are going to happen. More change is coming more growth is coming. Our sweet spot is we coach leaders that move into new organizations so and and move up. So not only are they just changing organizations, but they're moving up. They Maybe now they're the CEO of the new organizations. <laughs> a lot of imposter stuff comes out. And you know we also work on vision because a lot of our self-worth is tied to our vision. And of course, when you're starting a new organization, you want to be very grounded in your vision. And that's also an anchor for your confidence as well. And you, again, you called it, you said, why know your why, which, you know, is a body of work. I know as Sam, Simon Sinek, start with why, if you have not read that book and you're following along with collecting confidence, please read that book by Simon Sinek. It is fabulous. It'll take you one day. I think it's what, 260 pages and it's a small book. It's not a big one. But yeah, it's it's a sweet spot or, you know, I just got promoted to that bigger leap or my team just shuffled around. I'm getting all new team members or new, just a bunch of different team members. Or now we are charged with innovation. We are tasked with innovation or cleanup. And that happens a lot during the last three years because we either needed to lean out or you know, we lost some people because we didn't know how to do this hybrid thing or work at home. So people or people woke up and said, huh, I don't need to live in New York City anymore. I don't need to live in Chicago. I can actually be close to where I grew up or live on a mountain somewhere. Huh, okay. So a lot of organizations experienced a lot of shifts. And then some people's life circumstances have changed, yet their responsibilities haven't changed as a leader. 
And so that causes imposter in a lot of people and it com- that people compromise their self-worth when their circumstances change, whether they're going through a health challenge, maybe the couple is pregnant, maybe they're caring for parents and yet their responsibilities at their organization or their company that they're founded have not changed. In fact, they're growing, they're getting more and more intense. And so that that whole thing around change and confidence is is key. Well, if people want to find out more about the self-worth advantage, find out more about you and individual or team coaching, how can they go ahead and do that? We just launched Self-Worth Advantage. So you can find us at selfworthadvantage.com for coaching, you know, just executive coaching or workshops, retreats, anything like that. We're also at evolveeq.com. I'm also on Instagram and LinkedIn at Tiffany Hauser. And yeah, we have our first course coming out through the through uh, Self-Worth Advantage. Uh, that'll be an eight-week self-paced online course, which is coming out very soon. Um, I think you can even hop on the wait list at selfworthadvantage.com right now. And when you do, you get a little something to get get the party started. <laughs> There's actually work you can dive into and resources and tools you can dive into immediately once you get on the wait list. Do you have a uh, tip or a hint that you can give the audience just to help them to gain or maintain their confidence? Yeah. The, the biggest one for me, I'm going to go back to just really understanding no one is compromising your self-worth or your confidence. It is only something we can do to ourselves. So in moments when you want to be confident, you need your confidence, just know you have it. it. It didn't go anywhere. You drink from that cup. And when you take those sips from that cup, it immediately refills itself. It doesn't go anywhere. And it, I know that sounds very simplistic and, and maybe even silly, yet it is called self-worth for a reason, self-confidence. It is self, self-giveth, self-taketh. And my vision for you is to give it. Is that a word, John? Maybe we just making up words. It used to be. I think back when they wrote the Bible, it was. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. So just knowing that piece, when my when my clients, when that really hits them and they begin resonating with that, it activates self-awareness because now you are very hyper aware, oh, I'm doing it to myself. And then you generate from there. Now you generate your your ad, the advice that's given to you, your strategies, the tips you're reading in books or, you know, whatever you're working on with your coach, then you, you got, you get to be in your awareness to actually implement. And the best time to really support yourself is when you're in your, I call it your BS. <laughs> when you're, you're like not talking nice to yourself, when you're beating yourself up, that's when you are at your biggest power. Because if you can snap yourself out of that and notice that, oh, I just noticed how I was compromising my self-worth, how I just was comparing myself to someone else. That right there is huge. That is telling you, you got it. Because that's that's all we are all doing. Athletes, before we go out and compete, speakers, before we get up on the stage, actors, before action. You're just, we're all nervous. Every single one of us, there's butterflies of excitement and fear. And it's that ability to activate our awareness to let us know we're good. We got this. Sure. It's new or it's different, or it's all eyes on me. I'm in the spotlight yet. You got it. You absolutely got it. 
And if you don't, you're doing it to yourself and that's okay. There's nothing wrong or bad about it yet. You have everything in your power to generate a different choice to get your energy focused back in on the confidence. As a theater arts major, I know that feeling of standing off in the wings about to come out and the butterflies. And then you just have to say, I am this confident person. And you role play the confident person. Here's what a confident person would look like. And deep down, you're not confident. And I would say that 95% of the actors out there aren't confident because even if they're confident of saying the right line, they also know that once you've been in the theater a long time, people start with practical jokes to you. So then you start losing your confidence because you know there's shenanigans afoot and it's yeah. and you never know where it's going to hit. Well, thank you very, <laughs> very much for being here today. And I hope uh, we can have you back on, maybe write, have, a, have you write a book or something and bring you back on, but just fantastic stuff. And thank you for sharing it with us. Yeah, thank you, John, for having me on and such great questions as well. Well, great answers too. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Have a great day, everyone. Today's tip of the day is that self-worth comes from yourself. Don't give other people the power over you. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can get more information about confidence and check out the merchandise store on the website at collectingconfidence.com. If you like what you heard, subscribe and pass the link along to a friend who needs to collect confidence. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. It's one of the only ways to know if I'm doing a good job. Another way to let me know is to go to the support page. Consider making a small monthly pledge. A pledge as small as the cost of a cup of coffee each month goes a long way to keep the episodes and the information coming your way. The last way to let me know what you think is to drop by our Facebook page or send me an email at john at collectingconfidence.com. I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to help you. Now let's go collect confidence.